Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Explain It To Me with Dalton and Seth and Gath. Uh, we have a gentleman with us today, Jabril Trawick, um, basketball player and a entrepreneur of sorts. He's on the show with us today. Uh, Setson and I had the pleasure of meeting him in, in Sioux Falls when he played for the Sky Force. But we'll get into that later. Jabril, how you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing great, man. Um, I'm excited to be talking with you guys. Um, I definitely um, appreciate, you know, you guys' platform and what you guys are trying to do and get accomplished with, you know, having those conversations that uh, people, you know, don't normally want to talk about or just the simple fact that people aren't aware of, so... I think that's something great and definitely, you know, something that the people need. Um, so I'm excited to be here to talk with you guys and, you know, just have fun. Well, great. Yeah, it's really good to hear, sir. And uh, once again, we appreciate you talking to us. And um, why don't you just maybe start out with a little bit of your background and... Uh, Where you're from, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew up in uh, West Philadelphia. Yeah, the Philly area. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not sure. You guys probably watched Fresh Prince or heard of it. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> West Philadelphia, born and raised. Yeah, that's me. Um, you know, and uh, I started playing basketball um, when I was about eight years old. And um, funny thing about that was uh, I wanted I wanted to play basketball because of my sister <laughs> and my older sister. She was um she was like one of the best players around my way, out of the boys and girls. And um, I was like, man, she could do it. I, I could do it too. So I started playing basketball because of her, and she was the one who actually started teaching me and got me uh, to a nice point when I was younger. So after that, I just stuck with it, you know. Kept I ran with it. I was outside every day playing basketball. Um, in my neighborhood, like where I grew up at, in my house, like literally when I come out of my house. And um, I can, like, go to the left and take about, like, maybe, like, five to, like, seven steps. And there's a basketball court right across the street called the pit. And it's, um, it's kind of like the center of my neighborhood. And everybody is out there and just playing basketball nonstop all day. So I was there 24-7 until my mom screamed out the house telling me to come in the house. Because <laughs> um, I got school or something tomorrow. So, yeah, but, um... <laughs> That was that was pretty much the younger uh, the younger half of it. You know, I came up playing AAU basketball, all that stuff in Philly. You know, got to travel, um, you know, the different states and stuff early because of that. And even before I started playing, my uncle he was big on coaching. Um, so he was around a lot of the uh, professional guys that came out of Philadelphia before they were, you know, got to the levels they were. He coached. Um, a lot of those dudes, and um, I was able to be around those dudes, travel with them. So I got to see the game and watch the game from a different level at a young age, and that helped me benefit as well. So um, I ended up going to private school to play basketball at a really good school with a historical coach. Um, His name is Steve Chadwin. And um, basically from there, it just was, um, you know, I I just kept going up. I ended up deciding to go to Georgetown. Um, after, you know, my uh, junior year, I had a pretty good summer in Georgetown. 
they started recruiting me like my game coach my coach JC3 came to see me play and he offered me um, I went to visit and then at the end of the day it was well I knew it was what I needed to go to Georgetown so that's where I ended up going and um, you know that was a great experience for me man being in D.C. Um, just not you know basketball but academically just the connections the networking you know just everything the historical aspect so it was a great experience for me just mentally in all aspects and, um, from there I was able to graduate um, with an English degree as well as, um, you know, went some pretty big basketball games and had some great experiences as well. Hey, Jabril, and, um, what, what years were you at Georgetown? Yeah. Say that again? What years did you play at Georgetown and go to school there? Uh, so I went there 2011. Uh, I graduated 2015. Okay. So I was there the same uh, through the years with dudes like Otto Porter. He was my teammate. Um, Markel Starks, Jason Clark, Henry Sims, um, Joshua Smith, Mikael Hopkins, um, a bunch of different, you know, high-level dudes that, that I played with while I was there. So, very cool. It was definitely um, a great experience and being there. You know, that high-level competition and being under that historical program with, you know, big coach John Thompson, JT3 dad. He was always around and. Um, you know, just there, so it was just, you know, it was kind of surreal going there as a, you know, for me, especially a kid from where I come from, so. Okay, and then uh, one of those years you guys made it to the the, uh, the big show, didn't you? Yeah, so, um, I feel like every every year I was at Georgetown, we, um, well, one year we went to the uh, the NIT, but for the most part, other than that, we always went to the tournament. Right. And um, I feel like my sophomore year was the year that was crazy for me because that was the year where we were um, I mean, we were like top ten the whole year. Like, for, well, we were like pretty highly ranked. Well, by the end of the year, we were like top ten team in the country, like the number one seed in the Big East. Um, we had beat uh, Syracuse um at the Verizon for the regular season championship. And um, that was a great year for us. Um, and we ended up playing Florida Golf Coast in the tournament that year. And we were the, you know, we were the high ranked seed. They were the uh, low ranked seed. And that's the year we ended up getting upset by Florida Golf Coast, and it was just crazy. Okay, what's the? Uh, remember that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe remember that little run they had and whatnot. And um. Yeah, uh, what's the best way to describe the feeling of making it to the tournament? I mean, it, all eyes are on you. The whole nation's watching you, pretty much. And, uh, I mean, is that feeling just undescribable? Or? No, it's definitely, a, uh, it's definitely a crazy, you know, feeling and experience. Because even for me, you know, playing in the Big East, you know, even when I was there, a freshman, that was when it was still like the real Big East with all the teams. And we got to play against great competition. So even we had the Big East tournament in New York, which was crazy, you know, in Madison Square Garden. So even being in the, you know, playing in that, that was a crazy experience. But then, you know, playing in the NCAA tournament is a whole different experience because you're playing in front of way more people. You're playing in front of fans from all different kinds of schools and then you know this is this is the tournament that actually you know 
you get the chance to go win the, you know, the big, big, the biggest game of them all. So it's definitely a great feeling, and you can feel it when you know you you get to those uh, arenas and things. The um, the way that they treat it, and the way that you know, just the excitement and all the things around, you can definitely feel it in the energy. So definitely a crazy experience. And you were one of the best three pointers on the team, weren't you? I was looking up some stats and uh, said you were like a forty-one percent three-point shooter. That's pretty. That's pretty yeah, impressive. It was, it was like over. Um, it was crazy because I would say like my first, you know, two years, I was I wasn't really um, known as a shooter or three-point shooter. A lot of teams they would just back off of me, you know, let me shoot because I was I lo- I love to go to the basket, get to the rim. That was my strength. So a lot of teams you know, to try to stop that, they would play off of me and force me to shoot. So my first two years, I kind of struggled with that. Um, my second year, I got better. But, you know, going into my um, junior uh, year and then my senior year, I shot the uh, three ball uh, really well. So Right on. Awesome. Yeah. So then from there, you eventually transitioned into uh, the D League. Yeah, and that was all. Um, and it was crazy because, um, you know, going, you know, coming in college, you know, you got the, you got the mindset of, okay, I want to go play at the highest level, which is the NBA. And, you know, you don't really think about the D-League or even maybe for me, my mindset wasn't really the D-League or going overseas, you know, going into my freshman year of college and what my mind, like my, where my mind was at. And it was like, you hear stuff about the D-League, like, you know, just a bunch of bad things, you know, and it's like from people who may have played before or just people around the basketball thing you're like you hear all these things about people like damn I don't want to play in the D-League if it's like that it's like yeah so I never experienced it so it was like when I got to that point where it was like okay you know I got some uh, coming out of my senior year you know I got a few overseas offers you know but it's not really nothing really substantial that is where it's like okay I'm gonna go and really in locations where it's like yeah I would really like to play there and then, you know, you got some, some teams that I was in talking to, uh, NBA teams about camps and stuff. Then when it got to a point, they might have signed somebody else or whatever. So um, that's when my agent got to talking about the D-League draft. And um, I was like, all right, I mean, I'm going to go with it. Like, we're going to see where it goes, whatever. Um, and then that's when I ended, I ended up getting drafted by Sioux Falls at, like, the 14th pick. And, um... It was crazy because I didn't really have, you know, I didn't really know much about Sioux Falls before that. So I'm doing my research on Sioux Falls and things of that sort, and I see that they're connected to the um, Miami Heat D-League team, and the Miami Heat or whatever, and then I realized that Greg Whittington was going to be there with me as well because he was uh, signed with the Heat for the camp or whatever. And um, I was like, all right, that made it a lot more comfortable for me to film, you know, to go into this experience and not knowing still keep in touch with some of those players then that you played with in the D-League or? I always, I keep in touch with uh, a lot of my brothers and um, especially a lot of dudes from the, um, the teams that I was on as well. So um, it's definitely, you know, I talk to, you know, me and Boo Boo, we talk all the time. We're, uh, you know, we're pretty close. I always talk to Greg, Briante. I just talked to Briante yesterday. Um, 
You know, I'm in touch with everybody though, man. We're we're really close. I mean, we're like a, a real brotherhood, man. We um, I feel like that team, the way it was put together, I, I don't know if it could have been done any better. You know, as far as the camaraderie, the relationships, you know, just on and off the court. So, yeah, you guys are definitely fun to watch. Um, and then you guys just seem to have that that chemistry together. You guys got along. You know, shared the ball around. And it ultimately paid off in the form of a championship win, which is really fun to watch. Yeah, man, I give credit to, uh, you know, I give credit to, you know, the coaches, you know, especially Dan Craig, you know, it started, you know, starts at the top and he, he did a great job of making all of us comfortable, you know, within the systems and, you know, just what we wanted to get accomplished and just around each other. And, um, you know, all the players, you know, we were, we were all unselfish. You know, we just all wanted to win at the highest level. And that showed, you know, within, you know, out there. And, um, when you, you know, when, we, when, when I look back and I know when all the other guys look back at it, you know, it's kind of still surreal. Like, yo, this is something that <laughs> has never been done before. Like, 40 and 10, and we ended up winning the championship. Like, it was, it's just crazy. Does that ring still shine just as good as the first day you got it? <laughs> of course and the crazy thing is I always uh, I pretty much always wear it where I have it on so, no I don't think it's really get old man cool well say sir um, well I have to admit uh, when Mark brought this up and says we should interview you I was really excited because you know you talk about farmers you interview farmers they all have a history of farming, growing up, you know, helping out dad or grandpa or whatever it is, but you just bring in a whole new angle to agriculture, in my opinion. And uh, just because your background, um, playing basketball and stuff, now you want to get into farming? Or how, like, what made you want to get into agriculture? What made you want to do what you're doing right now? Um, well, you know, I've always been, you know, the kind of kid who's been out into nature and things of that sort. Shout out to my papa who always took me out, you know, just to do things in nature. And um, I always did things like fishing. And, you know, I went to a school where we were big on just gardening and sustainability and things of that sort as far as when it came to, you know, the environment and um, learning about agriculture and all those things. So that's something that's always been with me. I think at the point, at this point right now where I'm at mentally, and when, you know, my outlook on life and things that I think need to be accomplished as far as my purpose and what, you know, just in general, as far as the people, I think agriculture, you know, people learning how to know garden and just growing their own things is, is, is very essential in the world we live in. Um, I think it's important. You want to know where your stuff is, you know, coming from, if it's being grown the right way and things of that sort. And the only, you know, real confirmation you can get is if we start growing things on our own. You know, that doesn't have to mean it's a, a major scale, but even just little things, little herbs or whatever it may be, it starts it starts from there. So I think that's that's how I got into this. And, um, you know, it's just something that's in me. Um, so. Yeah, I would say that's where uh, we're really similar at right now because on our farm we're trying to figure out how to connect to the consumers is tell them, you know, like, hey, this is what we do. You know, your food is good. We're not trying to do anything bad to you, and it's uh, it is a pretty hot topic, probably one of the top uh, problems that agriculture has right now. But what you're doing is definitely, in our opinion, a great step forward 
into uh, getting that dialed in and telling people what it's all about. So, Jabril, will you just break it down for us at a basic level for the, the people listening who don't know exactly what it is you, you're doing out there? All right, so right now I'm, I'm working on uh, this, these restaurants that I want to uh, open up. One, I want to open up one in my city, uh, Philadelphia, and uh, one in D.C., and, um, well, in the Georgetown area, and, you know, and also maybe on campus. But the whole concept of them are they're, um, they're like plant-based, uh, you know, restaurants slash spots. And when, when I say plant-based, that means that there won't be any um, animal products used, and there, there will just be everything will be made from strictly from plants and things, you know. So um, the concept I came with the name is going to be called Eternity. Um, and I feel like that's something that um, I came up with that name because, you know, it's, in my concept, I think, you know, food is something that's very beneficial to our well-being. And um, I look at it as eating to live, you know. You know, you are what you eat, things of that nature. And, you know, we are need to, you know, be conscious of what we put in our bodies and things of that sort. And, um, you know, it's kind of, that's where I got that concept of. So, basically, this is what I'm trying to do. And, um, I feel like it's, it's, um, it's beneficial because it applies to, you know, what my lifestyle, because I eat a plant-based diet now. And I've been, you know, doing that for the past, you know, year and some change. And, um, it's not like I'm trying to, you know, tell people to become you know, vegan or, you know, eat plant-based, you know, all the time. It's just, it's in the end, it's all about becoming more conscious of what we eat and eating things that actually have benefit to us and actually, you know, bringing us down, so. Great. Well, you say it's plant-based. What are, like, some of the most popular plants that uh, you're growing right now or you would like to uh, try to get the consumers to uh, buy? Well, you know, it's, and the food that I'm dealing with, so it's more so I'm trying to deal with, you know, the good greens, different kales, cabbage, um, you know, broccoli, um, and a bunch of uh, different um, fruits for the most part because the thing is going to be I want to have holistic, you know, just smoothies, you know, smoothies, juices, um, you know, vegan uh, shake. And, uh, so it's like, this is going to be a whole thing where we're giving people foods uh, that you actually like, but they're going to be holistic so you can get sandwiches, you know, from so we need tomatoes and growing tomatoes and whatever, avocado, um, different solid soups, so mushrooms. And it's, it's, it's kind of the menu is going to be something different because it's going to be kind of seasonal as to where we have things where the menu is not kind of a set menu. It's always going to have new things and different ways you can kind of create your own kind of power, kind of taste that you want as far as your sandwich, your salad, your soup, whatever it may be, if that makes, you know. So it's going to be like a melting pot, man. Okay, great. Um, yeah, definitely sounds like uh, sounds like you got a great starting point there, sir. Definitely sounds like it's uh, definitely something that the consumer, or excuse me, consumers probably want and need and especially out on the East Coast. Uh, my brother and I aren't familiar, but is this, uh, especially on the coast, is this something that's gaining popularity, or is this popular now, or uh, what's the deal with the uh, green plants and whatnot? 
Oh yeah, well you know, in general, when we was talking before, I was ta- I was telling you about how you know, just the um, the increase on you know, the demand on vegan you know or plant based you know things in restaurants and stores and everywhere around the world, and just how people are adapting to the whole plant based thing as a you know just in general. So um, there's a bunch of stats out there and different things of that sort. And it's interesting when we even look at, you know, like urban cities, but in Philly it's great. You know, it's growing very fast, very rapidly. Philly has a bunch of different um, plant-based restaurants. So um, they have some uh, pizzerias, you know, one called Blackbird Pizzeria, the pizzeria that makes pizza and it makes cheese steaks and everything out of all, you know, plant-based things. Um, and uh, it's all vegan as well. Um, it's a bunch of different places though. Veg around where I just went to recently it's all vegan. Um, it's kinda they made it like an upper scale type restaurant, but all the things are just you know, it's about creativity and just a new experience. Like it's not what you're uh usually traditionally used to, but it's something that tastes well and it's something that is great. So, um it's definitely growing. Um everywhere around here on the east coast i know also on the west coast la is a huge place well california is growing as well so um everywhere around the country i I think you know it's all it's a great business move but more importantly you know the people benefit from it so i think that's the whole thing about it got it that does sound really good sir and um yeah, is there any final thoughts or comments or anything else regarding what you're doing that uh you like to kind of end the show with you or? Um, well, for the most part, man, that's what I got going on, working on those, um, working on these restaurants, me and my teammate, as I told you, he, want, he wanted to join in with me, um, um, with the idea, because when I talked to him, we met up in D.C., he thought it was a great idea, so we've been working on that. We're supposed to be speaking in front of, uh, you know, some former uh, alumni from my school, um, in a few months, uh, basically about the restaurant idea, the potential, you know, the business aspects and all those things, the benefits of having it one in D.C. and the Georgetown area and um, growing and expanding that, you know, to different places. Uh, I think it's something that will be great, you know. You know, so that's what I've been working on, as well as a bunch of other things that I have going on, as well as music and films and clothing. And it's crazy other than, you know, so... Right now, I'm just busy, man, outside of working out. I'm not, I'm taking a break, you know, right now as far as uh, basketball because I have a lot of other things going on, but I definitely had some uh, some offers and different things of that sort was where I talk about my agent, but I felt like right now is just a um, time where I need, you know, time to just be free and as far as being my creative space to get these things started up of that sort. So that's what, I'm, that's what I got going on right now, man. Okay, that sounds great. Um, I know I got one more question for you. Uh, how hard did you party over in Philly when the Eagles won? <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy over here, man. You know, it's been something that a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. And, you know, the city of Philadelphia hasn't really had that. So this was, it was, uh, you know, the Eagles are the biggest team in Philly, you know, and or, you know, them when the uh, Super Bowl is something that people, they really got up for. So it was crazy just to see the, how happy everybody was and the energy in the city. It was definitely great. 
Oh, definitely energy. Yeah, seeing all, seeing the streets and shambles and fires going on. You know, you guys sure know how to party. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, you sure know how to celebrate. <laughs> definitely, they definitely know how to party in Philly. You know, and drink and drink a lot of you know beer as well. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, I'm a Vikings yeah, fan, beer. so it was a uh, pretty bittersweet. But yeah, we're pretty pretty happy for your guys and for the city. Well, you know Carson, he's from he's from that area, right? He's from the yeah, he's North you know, Dakota boy. Away, so, you know, that's kind of one for the people in that area as well. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Well, Jabril, I'm gonna thank you for coming on to our show today. And if there's anybody out there listening who feels the need to invest in Jabril and his restaurant and what he's doing out there, please feel free to contact me or my brother Stetson. We'll hook you up with Jabril, get you guys connected, and we'll take it from there. That would be, that would be dope, man. And, uh, definitely, I would, um, you know, I, I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, I definitely like what you guys are doing with this podcast, and I wouldn't mind, you know, Sometime coming out there, you know, and, um, you know, just sitting around, talk about different things, you know, chop it up, do a podcast or something like that, and just have some fun or something, man, so. We would love that. If you're out here, you look us up, we'll go to a Skyforce game. How about that? <laughs> we got some good seats for you. Yeah, we can, we can, have, we can, you know, have a time, you know, bust it up, have fun, so. Right on. Well, cool, so, hey, I got to say, it's probably going to be one of the most funner podcasts to do, and, um. Yeah, like what Don said, we appreciate uh, you coming on and telling us about it, and yeah. Right, Jabril. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we can uh, stay in touch, and we can definitely do this again. So, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon, man. Yeah, you keep us posted on your restaurants, okay? If you got any breaking news, you hit us up. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. All right, everybody. Jabril Trawick. You take it easy. We'll talk to you later. Just feel free to contact us. We have a Facebook page, gaffarms.com, blog section, and just hit us up. Explain it to me. We're on SoundCloud. And, yeah, that should uh, should do it for this segment here. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great day.